and a three, and a two, and a one. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the LFC Podcast, Beauty, Strength, and Dominance. Beauty, Strength, and Dominance, the three key elements that make women the work of art that they are. I am your host, Mike Larkin, and joining me is a woman who made her LFC debut at LFC 30 against Susie Stiletto-Quinn, another newcomer to the Lingerie Fighting Championships roster, Miss Brooke the Guillotine Gilly. Brooke, welcome back to the LFC Podcast. How are you? I am fantastic, and thanks for such an awesome introduction. I feel really powerful after hearing that. <laughs> hey, you're very welcome. Uh, well, I'm just going to say this right now. When it comes to you, you made a splash at LFC 30, as did your opponent, Susie Stiletto-Quinn. There was a little bit of bloodshed in that bout, but I got to say, when LFC fans check it out when it airs on TV, and you can check it out at LaundryFC.com right now, a lot of people are going to be in surprise because it was an amazing bout, and there's a little bit of bloodshed, like I mentioned, so y'all really did your thing. I mean, is it really a fight if there isn't a little bit of bloodshed? Well, I mean, as the old business term goes, red makes green, and that's a whole lot of green right there, making money dollar-dollar bill, y'all. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it was it was a great time. I was Susie was amazing. Um, I definitely feel like I underestimated her a little bit. Um, the first round, she definitely is a very strong... Um, opponent when it comes to being on the ground in regards to like always paying attention to what's going on um i don't want to give away too much of the fight i'm trying to explain this without giving it away um she's a lot stronger than she looks and she is definitely definitely a highly talented woman of course, and I think for me, watching the bout, not to give too much away, like you mentioned, I think you're going to see a lot of power, you're going to see a lot of strong, you're going to see a lot of grappling, and I got to say, you both really held your own. I think for me, personally, I want to see a round two, and I think it leads to more future bouts with you, because again, showing yourself being the debut that you had, I think it's one of those things where we get to see the guillotine, pun intended, do her thing from a ground game, from a striking game, and I think it really shows for future bouts for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to um, another fight with the LFC. There's definitely some things that I learned from this one. Um, you know, all of the girls, I think, across the board had pretty much the same opinion. We really gave our all. It was 100 degrees outside. We were in the heat, and all of us brought our A game. And um, what an amazing group of women, too. Even, like, beginning of second round, I was like, oh, my gosh. I don't think there's any sort of cardio training that can prepare you for constantly moving and grappling and going back and forth with someone, you know, through each round in a hundred degree weather. Um, and everybody just, I mean, I stayed and watched all the other girls fight after me and, uh, the camaraderie between the two different teams, like the pink team versus a black team was huge. Um, the amount of athleticism that I saw, I was just blown away. I was like, all right, next fight. I'm definitely going to up my game. Definitely. I found some holes in my training and uh, some ways that I found to better myself for my next fight. So whoever I'm fighting next, better watch out. I got to say this about you because the first time I had you on the show, we were talking about the possibility. And here's what was funny about this because you and I talk and I love interacting. You're one of my favorite people. It's one of these things where I look at you and like how excited you were because you and I were talking about, oh, I can't wait to compete. I can't wait to compete. And then right after this, I found out a couple of weeks later from Mr. Sean Donnelly, here you are. You're coming into Sturgis. And it turns out that you've been doing a lot of events at Sturgis. You've been to Sturgis even before this. And I mean, it's kind of like a good homecoming for you. You know, you get that camaraderie, speaking of just not the LFC, but overall Sturgis, the fun the atmosphere like you mentioned 100 degrees sweating your balls up but it's a hell of a time for the people oh man and i'm telling you the buffalo chip i have camped there for rally i didn't go a couple years ago i had to skip but consistently since i was 21 years old i have been going out so 10 years i've been going out to the buffalo chip and honestly like i don't even need to leave the buffalo chip when i go to sturgis a lot of people will take the shuttle in town because they have a shuttle like a party bus that goes into town, takes you to all the other venues in town. But there's honestly no place that you should be other than the Buffalo Chip. And I've found that every time I do decide to go uptown with people, because everybody's like, oh, we got to go get some souvenirs, or I want to go check out this, or I want to go see the new Full Throttle. And every time we get back to the chip, we're like, man, we should have just stayed at the chip. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, to have it at the Buffalo Chip, too, on top of that was just, I mean, the icing on the cake. I was ecstatic when Sean reached out to me and asked me if I'd be willing to fight for LFC 30. I was like, absolutely. And then he told me where it was. And I was like, are you kidding me? It's like the stars aligned. 
<laughs> I think what's great about it too is not only do we get LFC, and this is what I love about Sturgis, different events, different endeavors there that makes it a fun atmosphere. But we also had Chris Jericho's group Fozzie was playing that weekend. It was just a hell of a weekend for people that are fans of music and wrestling because Chris Jericho being the wrestler that he is in LFC, the MMA, it gives you that nice little balance of music being the art form that it is and the combative nature and styling and art form that is LFC and everything that it comes in between. So I think it's a nice little balance for the fans over at Sturgis. Oh, absolutely. And Buck Cherry played after us. So, I mean, That's what right. better of a band than the band that sings Crazy Bitch to come on after all of us get done doing our fights? Like, come on now. <laughs> It's perfect. <laughs> That's right. Buck Cherry. Here's the thing. I love me some Buck Cherry. That's like crazy pitch. I'm just laughing that you mentioned that because that, for those that don't know Buck Cherry, it's probably one of their best songs that really sticks out. Crazy Bitch. And what's another one of Buck Cherry that you're a fan of? Because for me, I could go all day with Buck Cherry. I know they did Lit Up, which is like a very underrated one. But yeah, what's one of some of your favorite Buck Cherry songs? I know we're going a little pop culture here, but Miss Brooke, you know me, music guy. What are some of your favorite Buck Cherry songs? Oh, you know, the Sorry song. What is the name of it? I don't know the actual name of it. That's um, what it's called, Sorry. Is it called Sorry? Dang, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, for me, I think the one that really does stick out is Crazy Bitch, because around that time, like the mid-2000s with the punk rock, like really seen coming there and just rock in general. That's what really sticks out. But yes, I remember Buck Cherry being one of those names. I got to say this right now. Live performance. They are great live. Oh, they're awesome. They're awesome. And a lot of the times when it comes to rock groups, I've been to quite a few rock concerts, going to the Buffalo Chip as long as I have ha- have been, you know, you get a good solid anywhere between 15 and 30 concerts in, in the week that you're there. And so I've seen a lot of groups. I've actually, I've actually met John Five from Rob Zombie because of the Buffalo Chip and being there for Rob Zombie's concert. Uh, me and my friend Brittany got VIP with them and John Five came over and he like threw a guitar pick towards me. And this other girl got it. And I was like, ah, well, whatever. You know, you live, you learn. On to the next one. And then he came back over in the middle of Living Dead Girl, stops playing, reaches out in the crowd, and hands me a guitar pick. And I, my mind was blown. I was like, did that just happen? That just happened. I was so excited. Well, they get done. And John Five walks over to the edge of the stage. And he, like, motions at me with his hand to come here. And I, like, pointed at myself because I was like, me? And he's like, yeah. And he starts laughing. He's like, come here. And so he pulled me up on stage and he goes, I'm John Five. And I was like, I know who you are. Rolling Stone's best guitarist. He used to play for Marilyn Manson. I know who you are. And um, I got to hang out with them and have a couple beers with them for probably about, I don't know, I hung out with them for a couple hours and had a boyfriend at the time. So I was like, it was really nice meeting you guys. They wanted me to go to Columbus, Ohio with them. I was like, but I can't. (laughs) (laughs) But it was really cool. You know, they were awesome in concert too i loved all the pyrotechnics that they had with it and they just put on a great show and then i've been severely disappointed like when i saw shine down in concert so it was evans blue hailstorm trapped in shine down and i thought that it was a pretty full load for a concert anyways so we get through evans blue evans blue was great hailstorm was phenomenal i've seen hailstorm five times um and then trap came on and of course this is when they're Big song. What was the name of that song? Back off. I'll take you on. Oh, it's song. Strong, I'll take That's on anyone. I know that you are wrong. Yeah, I'll sing the whole song. Good. Who sings that song? It's trapped. Headstrong. And you back off. I'll take you on. Headstrong. I'll take on anyone. That one. Yes. Yeah, you should let them sing it. Oh, thanks. All right. Hey. I was, I was... <laughs> You're a great talker. The singing, however. (laughs) Hey, man, I'm just saying right now, that was my shit back in the day. You got to understand, 11-year-old Mike Larkin, fifth grade here, I was friggin' rocking out to that song because (laughs) I couldn't escape that song. 106.1 BLI on Long Island, my beautiful friend. For God's sake, man, here's the new one from Trapped. It's strong. And I'm like, Jesus, I can't escape this song, but I like it. It's infectious. You just feel it. You know the, I'm I'm going to stop. It's a a hype song. It's like hearing DMX when you're driving a minivan. You still feel like a badass. Y'all gonna make me lose my mind up in here, <laughs> up in here. Yes. Yeah. But so then Shinedown yeah. came on, and not only was everyone tired because there was three great performances before them, they only played for about a half an hour, and it was awful. And I was so disappointed because this is back when Shinedown was good before they turned into like a whiny pop wannabe rock group. Um, <laughs> And so, like, I was super, super bummed. I was just like, man, come on. And then, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm kind of critic when it comes to rock bands and how well they perform. Once you see Metallica, Godsmack, and Rob Zombie, the bar's really set high. 
That that is true. By the way, okay, I gotta ask this because you're making me laugh. What you said this was this before they had sometimes goodbye as a second chance. Was it before that yeah. one? Yes, before they started sounding like Lifehouse. <laughs> yes, that was when they had songs like "I Dare You to Tell Me to Walk Through Fire" and you know, um, what was it? Someone save me if you will and take away all these pills. That time. Yep, that was a good one. That was a good one too. Yep, back when they were a rock group. Yes. <laughs> Hey, man, everybody, you know what it's funny, too, is because, like you mentioned, when I started sounding like Lifehouse, I love you. It's one of those things where that was another one I couldn't escape, because if a lot of people remember from the pop culture days, 2001, when that first song came out and he was in his jean jacket, you know, talking about tears bare for changing, starving for truth, hanging by a moment. You could not escape that song, and it turns out that that was one of the most played or downloaded songs of 2001, Lifehouse, Hanging by a Moment. That doesn't surprise me at all. Me either. Lifehouse is awesome. I mean, you I know what you're getting. Like, if you ever need a good breakup song, mm-hmm. you go to Lifehouse. If you ever need a good love song, you go to Lifehouse. If you need a rage song, you don't go to Lifehouse. That and that's is- what happened with Shinedown. <laughs> <laughs> you and me and all of the people, nothing to do. Yes, okay. But <laughs> it's one of those things where I totally understand. I mean, you know what it is, too? When you talk about also, you kind of compare it to like Nickelback in a way, because if you listen to like Nickelback and Theory of a Dead Man, a lot of people call Theory of a Dead Man Nickelback light, which I could kind of see that. If you kind of listen to Theory of a Dead Man song and Nickelback song, it's almost like the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Whatever happened, why is everybody so mad at Nickelback? I still don't understand it. You know, you want to know why, truly? You want to know why? Yes, truly, because like I'm sitting here jamming out to some Nickelback, like, she looks so much cuter with something in her mouth, like all those songs. I'm like, yeah, Nickelback's good. Because he never made it as a wise man. It couldn't make it as a poor master. And, and this is <laughs> that's why they're mad. But no, I mean, I, that's another one, 2001. Like, this is the debut of Nickelback. And then they had someday, somehow, gonna make it all right, but not right now. I mean, you know what it is, too? I think they think they think the songs are, like, very similar. Because, you know, it's too bad. It's too bad. Someday, somehow, heaven's gates won't open up for me. Like, there's a lot of similar songs, but they're still great songs and their overall art form and storytelling behind it. Like, Theory of a Dead Man had, like, no surprise and, you know, what the hell was that other song that they had? Um, uh, Maybe We're Not Meant to Be and a lot of songs like Nothing Could compa- could Come Between Us. Like, that's very similar, but they're both artistic in their own ways, you know? Right. But that still doesn't explain to me why everybody hates Nickelback now. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm, I already said it because he never made it because as a wise man. they all sound the same? Oh yeah, my God. And, and he never made it as a wise man. That's why they're pissed at him. He never made <laughs> it as a wise man. <laughs> he couldn't cut it as a poor man stealing either. And this is how you remember <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like I really, I really, honestly don't get it. Like everybody hates Nickelback, and I'm like, guys, is this like when Britney Spears shaved her head? Like, are you guys just hating to be hating? Like, I I that's like the thing. It. It's the cool thing to do, Brooke. It's the cool thing to do. Well, I suppose. <laughs> hey, people. I- I'm fine. I understand, but it's also like when people hated on Creed because it was like every fat boy's anthem. If you ever seen friggin', oh my god, was it the first neighbors? You know, can you take me high or Delta Psi, man? Friggin' the whole nine there. Friggin' Creed. It's all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Creed's all right. I'm not really a huge fan of Creed, to be honest. I mean, yeah. I'm honest too. I wasn't the biggest fan either. But he also couldn't escape. Can you take me higher in my sacrifice? You want to no, talk about something that's like, It was in like every movie. For yep. like five years, it That's was on the radio consistently. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, I don't even listen to the regular radio that often. I do yeah. listen to like my home station, The Monster, because it's like classic rock. And I think Billy Idol's the sexiest man alive. Um, <laughs> but other than that, I, like I don't even do Sirius anymore because I feel like Sirius is the same 20 songs over and over and over again. Um, I am a huge fan of Spotify. I love Spotify. I get a lot of the underground music that I like. Um, always fresh new artists all the time. Don't have to like sit there and pick through channels. They suggest music for me. So I'm pretty happy with the Spotify. But I do feel like normal radio stations overplay stuff so bad that after six months, you're sick of a song and you don't want to hear it for five years. But then you hear it in five years and you're like, oh my God, I love this song. Do you actually love this song or are you just being played every day? Very true. And also, it's kind of like, how many times do I have to hear that Bruno Mars is dripping in finesse and it don't make no sense? It's like, we get it. You know what I'm saying? 
You know what I'm saying? So I can understand that. And I'll be honest with you, like 106.1 BLI, because I was talking, I'm, I'm, I'm rekindling my youth, if you will, thinking of songs like that around that time period. But it's just like, that's not even the same looking at New York and the stuff that we have here in Myrtle Beach with the radio stations. It's just the same thing. You know what I'm saying? That's why I can understand the Spotify thing, because you got your own thing, which I love Spotify, because that's like that's like the best. It's it's absolutely the best, in my opinion. I agree. That's the thing. And there's so many things like I'll listen to old CDs or I'll just listen to my playlist because I, I have the same thing. It's like, I can't listen to the radio. I don't, I just can't do it. Like I could try, but you know, I kind of like got to like put pump the brakes and like no with it. And I hate to say it, sound, put it that way and sound like that, but it's just like, I can't do it, Brooke. I can't do it. I feel you. And especially when you're driving across like Montana, which feels like it takes forever to get out of the state. Every time I go on a road trip, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm still in Montana. It's been like six hours. And you don't get very good radio stations in Montana. So we have what you call cowboy tuning. And <laughs> I'm dead serious. I'm not even kidding you. So you cannot hit the seek button to find a radio station in Montana. You have to tune it one at a time. Click through it until you kind of get a station in. And it feels like the longer you listen to it, the better it comes in. And then it goes away. So then you got to click one, click two, click three, and go through every single one of them before you can find a station. That's cowboy tuning. Cowboy tuning. Oh, mm-hmm. now I'm just going to say this right now, since you mentioned the lovely, lovely Montana. Have you ever seen Horse Sense on Disney Channel, Disney Plus with the Lawrence Brothers? Yes, I have. That's Montana right there. That was back when I knew everything. They sent Joey Lawrence to go to Montana, shape him up, this city boy, put him on the farm with Andrew Lawrence. Yes. Horse sense, people. Disney Plus. Now, I don't have to plug it, but I am because that's just a great effing movie. Freaking Joey Lawrence and Andy Lawrence on the farm, helping them out the ranch. Montana, what's, baby. What's the middle brother's name? Matthew. Yes, that guy. Rar. <laughs> <laughs> the other two, not so much. But, and so, you know, I, I don't think that, you know, it's funny because everybody, whenever I'm in New York or I'm in Miami or I'm out in LA and I tell people I'm from Montana, they look at me like I have the plague. And they're, I've actually been asked if we still ride our horses to the grocery store. And I'm oh, like, that's just. What are you talking about? Like, not everybody from Montana is like a cowboy. <laughs> and it's funny because it, it, while granted, there's not as much culture in Montana as there is other places, um, which is something that I highly enjoy with going to other cities. I'm like, yes, I can go to an art museum. And oh my gosh, it's a Wednesday and there's five different concerts of bands I actually know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's nice about the bigger cities, but Montana's not really all that cowboy um, anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I don't mean to laugh, but it's kind of like when Jerry Lawler was talking about being in Man on the Moon with Jim Carrey and they were shooting the scene where he gives Jim Carrey Andy Kaufman the pile driver scene that's in very infamous. And he was talking about they had people, the extras in the crowd, wear straw hats because, you know, the South. And I'm like, and he's like, you do realize that. Tennessee is a music city. It's a blues town. I've never seen any. I've been living there almost all my life. And no, have I never seen anybody in a straw hat and the freaking straw acted like it's the South, like hillbillies. He's like, no, this is not a representation of Tennessee. Thank you. And that's how I feel about Montana. Like, if you're going to portray Montana, and this is going to be horrible for me to say, but I'm going to say it anyways, because I'm me. You're going to find more what we call yuppies in Montana nowadays, and you're going to find cowboys. And, um, I'm going to I'm going to try to put this in a way that I don't offend half of the people that are listening to your your podcast here. Um they are very outdoorsy like hippie people is more what Montana is. It's a bunch of oh, how to put this eloquently. So Okay, if I can if I can help you out with this because I will gladly assist you on this, Miss Brooke Gilly. You're pretty much saying it's like the musical hair. Uh yeah. yeah. It's a bunch of pot-smoking hippies that really love trees that drive Subarus. <laughs> there, I said it. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, first and foremost, I have seen the lovely musical hair on Broadway in New York. It's it like, is a great show. It's a great movie. It's a representation of the hippies. I understand. And the piece, the whole nine, right? But yes, that is a that's an interpretation that a lot of people can use. So I understand where you're coming from. You also just probably created a country song. You didn't even know that. Cowboys and Yuppies. Somebody's writing that down. Cowboys and yuppies. Mm-hmm. Can somebody call Garth Brooks for me? Because I have an idea. <laughs> I've got friends in long places. Yep. So. 
<laughs> oh my god! Then there was that time he did. Remember when he was freaking Chris Gaines and he wore the wig and he was like singing pop songs? You remember that? No, I don't. Okay, I so I, so Garth. I to brush up on my pop culture the next time we have a podcast. <laughs> Yo, Garth Brooks. They did like this mini documentary or mockumentary. I don't even know what it was. So he played. He's just he dresses up as like Chris Gaines, and the Chris Gaines had like black hair. It was for something. Somebody will remind me. It was like for a mini movie or mini documentary or something, right? So Chris Gaines was this pop like star and he was singing songs like as a pop artist he was a he went from country to pop under a different name and he has like black hair and he's singing like come on people now smile on your brother everybody get together want to love one another right now and he had one song called lost in you where he's talking about heaven knows i'm head over heels and it shows i got to send you this because it's this is legit because i have not seen this and i am thoroughly intrigued by this it's the late 90s man it's the late 90s oh the late 90s Oh, simpler times. I had just gotten my driver's license. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, this is around the time where I like, I'll be honest with you. You could talk about, look at me, I'm Brooke. I got my driver's license. I started first grade, second grade, and there was third grade. You know, just, hey. (laughs) I got my driver's license over here. Friggin' LFO was on the radio. Summer Girls, New Kids on the Block. Had a bunch of hits. Best. Are you kidding me? That and the song, the banana song from No Doubt. Oh my gosh, what's the name of it? Um, I'm like singing it in my head right now. The banana song? Yeah, where she's like, the shit is bananas. That's quite the story. Yeah. Oh, that's Holla Holla Bass Girl. That song was the the shit when I got my driver's license. I remember my first car was a 2004 Dodge Stratus SXT and it was baby blue. And I remember driving around with all my friends, and we were listening to that song, and we thought we were literally the bees knees listening to that song. <laughs> the shit is bananas, bananas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gwen Stefani, good times. This is around the time when she was having that sweet escape with Akon. Oh my goodness, yes. Uh, thank God, she took the sweet escape to Blake Shelton. Oh. <laughs> You're going that route, yes. Oh, I'm going that route. You know what's funny, though, is, like, I am a fanatic for Miranda Lambert. And so when that actually happened, I was like, wait, Blake Shelton, what are you doing? You are married to, like, the best crazy woman ever. She makes money off of being crazy. Why would you give that up? And then I see him and Gwen Stefani together, and I'm like, okay, you guys are cute. I'll I'll let it slide for now. I'm really anxious to see like how Miranda Lambert ends up and who she ends up with. So you're pretty much thinking when he went from Miranda Lambert to Gwen Stefani, what you're saying is you pretty much like his initials thought it was BS bullshit. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But that was my initial reaction. And I, I kind of feel like people do that with couples all the time. You know, you get a new celebrity couple and they start dating and everybody wants to judge it right away because they were in love with like Brangelina, for example. Yes. You know, they're like, oh, poor Jennifer Aniston. I'm like, poor Jennifer Aniston. She's 50 something and she looks hot as hell. Yes. What do you mean poor Jennifer Aniston? She is a millionaire. Brad Pitt sounds like a douchebag. <laughs> like, and Jennifer Aniston is fine. I'm not even saying yeah. fine. She's fine. Right? Right. And like, don't get me wrong. I am a huge Angelina fan. I, I've actually been told that I look like her before. You um, go, girl, with your Tomb Raider-like self. I know, right? You should see me when I braid my hair. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, like, Angelina's great. But Angelina is a little crazy. And Jennifer Aniston was like, fun, beautiful, like all this. And then Brad Pitt left her for the crazy girl and then him and the crazy girl didn't work out and it's like dude you either start with a crazy girl and you finish with a crazy girl or you stay away from the crazy girls because you can't handle them and obviously he couldn't handle it so i'm not a very big fan of brad pitt at all whatsoever all my friends are always like oh he's so hot and i'm like what are you seeing that i'm not seeing <laughs> the only time that i thought he was cute was in Thelma and louise Okay, I can take that. I mean, for me with Brad Pitt, I think I was always – well, of course you had like films like Seven with uh, and the whole nine there. But for me, I was always – what's one of his underrated films? Have you ever seen Meet Joe Black? Yes, I have. That is a good movie. That is a very good movie. Uh, young Claire Forlani. Oh, Anthony Hopkins. Hello. She is so beautiful. Like her and Rosaria Dawson are like the two most naturally beautiful women I've ever seen in my life. Ever. 
I can see that. I think my earliest memories of Rosario Dawson, I think she was in, oh my God, I think she was on the rundown with The Rock, and I remember her being in Men in Black 2 with Will Smith. <laughs> she was the light zenith. I really, really like her in the movie with Will Smith, Seven Pounds. That's a good one. Yep. Yeah. And Zookeeper. She's good in Zookeeper, too. Yeah. <laughs> I can do this all day. <laughs> <laughs> Me, too. And that's why I love you and appreciate you, my friend. <laughs> Oh my goodness! But yeah, no. One thing, pop culture. Before we go talking to back to talk about LFC because this is the LFC podcast. I know. Just, oh no, oh this darn! Is, straight again. <laughs> first and foremost, don't even worry about it because we did this the last time. We went like mm-hmm. 20, 30 minutes about pop culture, then we swung back. So that's the fun about this podcast. Anyway, one other thing because we were talking about this and I made you laugh and I, I felt very proud of myself because you had talked about OnlyFans and then all of a sudden I said, "Are we going, Aaron Carter? Let's go, Aaron Carter. Let's do this." Oh, we got we got to talk about this because we got to so because i said to you i said at least you didn't do what aaron carter did on OnlyFans, and you started like busting a gut laughing about this and i'm like hey i mean he's doing cam soda he did a stream on cam soda which as someone who has interviewed people in the adult entertainment industry and i love the people that i work with and i love what i do but i i was aware of cam soda it's a thing for camming sites and just all these girls and the models which i understand and that's fine but dude how do you go from friggin' that's how I beat Shaq to that's how I whack. Aaron's party, come get it, literally. <laughs> and then, oh, Aaron, oh, Aaron, what are we going to do with you? Saturday night, and I'm going to go on Cam Soda. It's a party, y'all. It's a kid, baby. Leave it up to him. I could do the puns all day. Leave it up to him. Life is a party on Cam Soda. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I still can't get over the fact that you told me that he peeled a banana with his feet. <laughs> I saw the article. I'm cheat. like, wait a minute. He's friggin'. Peeling a banana with his feet. Who thinks that's sexy? Who <laughs> thinks that's sexy? I mean, I'd be like, you got skills for peeling a banana with your feet. But I don't know how that, like, is he gay? Because I don't see how that could, like, come well, across as sexy to a woman. I'd be like, well, he are you going to eat that? Of course. He <laughs> said many of times that he's bisexual, but I don't think he's bisexual. Who the hell knows? He's one of these guys. That again, I feel bad for him because he's got a mental illness, but at the same time, he's a dickhead to his to his fans. He's actually I didn't know he had a mental illness. Do fill me in. Well, he's had like a mental illness. I think he suffered from mental health, and I think he something's not right up there. I mean, when you get a freaking face tattoo of whatever the hell that is, like a Medusa face tattoo, you know there's something not right. And then he's calling himself the biggest thing in rap, and I'm like, I'm sorry, son. You were on the Lizzie McGuire soundtrack. You were on the Jimmy Neutron soundtrack. You were on every fucking Disney soundtrack, Nickelodeon soundtrack, up, down, all around, side to side. Like You can't tell me like you're the biggest thing in rap in your heart. You're wearing your chains. There's nothing hard about Nickelodeon. Love Money Gang, as he calls his fans, the Love Money Gang. I'm talking about LMG, Brooke. Oh, man. Oh, man. This just keeps getting more disturbing and more disturbing. And, like, you know, okay, so as I say that, I do have to clarify. I am not a judgy person, and I am not mean by mean. To each their own. However, there are certain things, like peeling a banana with your feet, that kind of make me step back and go, well, what? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it starts off because I watched the Howard Stern show on YouTube and the guys from Howard Stern were talking about like, he was just curious. So he watched it on cam soda. It starts off with him just, you know, uh, just full frontal. He's in the shower and then he starts, goes on his bed, plays the guitar naked. I want candy. Aaron's party. Come get it. Aaron's Carter. Aaron Carter's greatest hits naked. So he starts playing the guitar and singing his songs. And I guess he starts, you know, masturbating and then friggin' it ends and people want him to take pics of his butt and he's like no i'm not doing that then it ends with him ejaculating on a mirror and i'm like and then somewhere in between that is the peeling of the bananas on his feet and then suck you in a very sensual thing with the banana because you know what the banana shape like very like sensual with it and i'm like that sucks literally and figuratively speaking for a <laughs> soda oh man why do i want to see this but i don't want to see this it's i'm gonna need it's it's one of those things where like it's kind of like two girls one cup everybody's talking about it and you want to watch it but you know you don't want to watch it because you've seen everybody else's reactions but you have to see it that's how i feel about this and maybe that's why he did it maybe it's really ingenious marketing maybe he's like i'm gonna do the weirdest most unthinkable thing that people would think that i would do or... and then tag my big brother in it <laughs> or he's just batshit crazy and his girl was doing it so he figured hey get up come on ride the train and ride it choo choo come on ride the train to camp soda yeah you know so, hey. <laughs> first class ticket 
quad city DJs up in this bitch. Anyway, I digress. It's one of those things where it's just like, how do you go from, well, here's the thing. Well, he started very early in the biz. Like his first album came out when he was like 10 and he had the little like crew cut and he was singing about crazy little party girl. And the girl that's in the video with him is like a foot taller than him. And it's absolutely hilarious. So it's one of those things where he goes from that to Aaron's party, come get it. That's how I beat Shaq. I want candy. We'll be here all day. I'm not too young, not too old. Oh, Aaron, oh, Aaron, what are we going to do with you? Then he takes a break, and he dips to, like, the mid-2000s, and the only thing that was really relevant about him was the House of Carter series, and then he went nowhere. Yeah, you know, I've got I've got a dilemma with child actors and actresses, and I just, like, I watched The New Pet Cemetery. And the yes. first one freaked me out. And Gabe being like this cute, adorable, little blonde-haired boy running around with a knife, like trying to kill people. And then in the new one, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, they have this little girl, and she's doing the same thing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, these poor kids are acting this out. Do they have nightmares? Like, I always wondered about that. And, um, you know, you look at Macaulay Culkin, and, uh, you know, pretty much around the mill, most child celebrities. And they grow up, and they become drug addicted or they have mental health issues and they have all these other problems. And I am a mom myself. So I'm, you know, I watch these things and my daughters wanted to get into modeling and whatnot. And I think it's one of those things that I'll wait until she's like 16, 17, which is a little bit more emotionally mature. But the things that these kids that get started in the entertainment industry so young go through and the way that they end up as adults and the trauma that they experience is just mind boggling. And I can't understand as a parent, after seeing it happen with numerous kids, why you would put your kid through that? And I feel like peeling bananas with your feet on OnlyFans is where that leads, you know? Uh, Cam Soda. Well, here's the thing. Cam Soda OnlyFans, at the end of the day, it's all pretty much the same shit. It really is. Cam Soda OnlyFans, many vids, all these sites where we have videos. It's pretty much the same damn thing. It's all for adult. Here's the thing. I can understand it for people in the adult entertainment industry. Aaron Carter, not so much. People all around, right. you got this. Come get it. Well, well, and OnlyFans isn't just about adult stuff, so True. I've been informed. I don't have one, so I don't know. And I haven't been on their site or anything, so I really don't know. Um, but I do know that there's a couple people that I follow that are um, oh, trying to get a podcast going or they're reporters or they're models and they're just trying to get paid for what they do and promote on their social media, which, which I completely understand. I mean, I have a pretty big following on my Facebook and there's been times where people have been like, well, how are you going to make money off that? And I was like, um... I don't know, but I tell you what, if I ever need a snowmobile part or a photographer, I got 5,000 of them on my Facebook. So um, I definitely understand why people would want to use it for marketing reasons, because if you put the time and effort into consistently getting updated modeling pictures and you're consistently putting content on your Facebook and people are getting to view it for free, but you're paying on the back end for the photography, for your time, for all this, like I totally get wanting to make money off of it by all means. I think it would. It was a great idea. Um, I, I can't get over peeling bananas with your feet. <laughs> well, I was going to say the thing about you, too, is also Miss Johnny Tsunami, Cool Runnings, whatever, Snowmobile, anything to do with the snow movie that's in it. Hell, Mystery Alaska, we'll throw that one in there. Brigham, I, I, yes, I also wanted to comment about your Instagram thing because, man, there's a lot of photos of you in the snowmobile. How excited are you for, like, friggin' when the snow comes down, the holidays, the fall, the whole nine, man, friggin' getting back on that snowmobile of yours? Oh my gosh, even you talking about it gives me goosebumps. You don't even know. Um, you know, some people will have a glass of wine after a long day. Some people will go to a counselor. Some people will go to the gym. I get on my snowmobile. And I hate summer because I can't ride my snowmobile. I'm actually looking at my snowmobile in the back of the truck right now. <laughs> and I just shed a tear. <laughs> Well, I mean, there's something for everybody that makes them happy. And, you know, if the snowmobile makes you happy, God bless you. And I think that's awesome, too, because it, it is fun. It's an adrenaline rush. Oh, it is the biggest adrenaline rush. And you you have to use so much cognitive thinking along with physical ability, along with, I mean, just getting used to riding them. And, I mean, like, I ride a big girl sled. I've got an 850cc 2019 skidoo. And, uh, oh, man. 
I want it to snow so bad. I just moved to Utah. I just moved to Ogden, Utah, so that I could be closer to Vegas for LSC stuff. But I couldn't like tolerate living in Vegas. And I'm really, really excited because I have a bunch of friends down here and they're going to show me some new writing areas this winter. And so I'm like, okay, summer's over. Let's skip fall. I really like Halloween. It's my favorite holiday, but let's just go right to the snow. I'm, I'm ready. I'm so ready. So she's like, before I snowmobile and get on the snow, give me some candy because Halloween's mm-hmm. coming. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's my, it's my absolute favorite holiday. And I usually go all out with my costume. And it's funny because I'm not one of those girls that wears like the cute stuff for Halloween. I'm kind of the dorky one that goes like all out with a really weird costume. <laughs> so, and I think this year I'm going to take my dog with me for Halloween and uh, I'm going to go as Little Red Riding Hood and Kalu, my husky, is going to be the big bad wolf. <laughs> you see, Grand- I like that. I like that. That's not dorky. That That's creative. That's interesting. That's that's cool because, I mean, a lot of people sometimes now go because DC is the big thing as their superheroes and stuff. But you can't go wrong uh, with some Red Riding Hood. Go ahead. Don't even start me on DC. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Marvel, How many Batmans you need to have? <laughs> well, okay. See, that's where I was going to before, you know, Miss, you know, don't get me started on DC. See, I, I'm right there with you. I am taking this ride with you because here's the thing How many Batmans are we got to have? How many Supermans are we got to have? How many Spider Mans are we got to have? How many times have we got to see the friggin' Avengers? Like, we get it already. Oh, no, I'm a huge Avengers fan. I'm a Marvel girl all the I way. I understand. There's only one Tony Stark. That is Tony true. Stark and Iron Man. About everything you've even had a girl batman i mean robin has become batman there there's so many the millennial batman that was the biggest joke oh i am a comic God. nerd most people don't know this about me but actually i'm kind of a nerd all the way around and if my friend alex Quam listens to this he's gonna be like oh she said it on a podcast because he teases me about it all the time he's like you do realize you're a nerd right and i'm like shh people will hear you <laughs> i mean um I feel you because, again, and I don't mean to cut you off, but god dang, girl, when you have that nerdiness to it, sometimes you got to let it show because a lot of people can relate to the Avengers and stuff like that. I think just for me, too, like like we were talking about how many things you got to have. It's just there's so many different franchises in the damn series. That's like, I'll be honest with you, when Harry Potter, they went through the whole entire thing. I was sick and tired of seeing Harry Potter all over my damn screen for the damn theaters. So I understand. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it could be that you could see. Good. No, go ahead. Go ahead. All right, girl. So it's kind of like with the Twilight series. It's just like, how many times do I got to see the damn Twilight? I understand that they're playing off the books, but it's just like, all right, I get it. So I have the funniest Harry Potter story ever. Hit me. So I have a stepbrother, and he's a lot younger than me. And this was when the fourth Harry Potter came out. I think it was the fourth one, The Goblet of Fire. Yep. And we went to the movie. <laughs> And we're sitting there and we're going through the movie and he's like so intent and he's watching it. He's so excited. And the intermission came up and he didn't know what an intermission was. And so it came up and the screen went dark or whatever. And the ads came up to go get popcorn. And he goes, are you freaking kidding me? At the top of his lungs. <laughs> he's like, that's where you're going to leave it? And I was like, he was like nine at the time. That's funny. I was like, GL, calm down. It's the intermission. And he was like, intermission? What is an intermission? Because you, know, you don't really have that at movie theaters these days. You really don't. You really don't. Yeah, that's old school, man. Yeah. And so I was like, it's where I get to pee and don't miss any part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? I love that. But, you know, that's the thing, too. Uh, okay, one of the funny stories I had, I think what's interesting is I remember going to see – I had to I had to see friggin' Charlie and the Chocolate Factory twice because that was the one with Johnny Depp. I was just curious to see how Johnny Depp would do as Willy Wonka because, you know, you, everyone, you think of Willy Wonka, you think of Gene Wilder and the old time from like the 70s, right? So I went to go see it and the friggin' movie theater, there was technical difficulties and the movie just went black and I'm like, fuck. And then we all had to leave the movie theater and then we came back and I watched the rest of the movie and I'll be honest with you. Oh, Johnny Depp was Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I'm like, okay. It's not the same as the original Willy Wonka, but I'm like, yeah, okay. It wasn't my favorite. You know, I, I thought that he did a really good job, but I think that he made Mr. Wonka very femme-sounding. Yeah. Um, like the tone of his voice, and he just seemed more like quirky, which that's Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp always plays the quirky parts. Um, so it fit for him as an actor, but I don't think that it entirely fit like who Mr. Wonka was from the book in the original movie. 
Okay, fair assessment. But I also look at it like this. It's Gene F. and Wilder, and he was just so perky. And yes, Johnny Depp had the quirkiness about him. But when I think of Johnny Depp, I don't think of Willy Wonka. I think, you know, the Ninth Gate. I think Edward Scissorhands. I think even underrated one, Secret Window. I don't see Johnny Depp as freaking Willy Wonka. And that's why I had a hard time processing that. Because it's like when Jim Carrey, you know him for the comedies, right? And him just being very funny. When he did the number 23, I was like, you're Ace fucking Ventura. Right. <laughs> I okay, so you just said Ace Ventura, so I have to go on this. My daughter had never seen Ace Ventura, the pet detective. What? Yeah, so we sat down and watched it, and she is now addicted and showing all of her friends. And she's always like messaging me. She's like, Mom, have you seen this one? I'm like, Aislin, those came out when I was a kid. Yes, I've seen it. It's not new, <laughs> but she's like obsessed with it. It's hilarious. All righty then, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Have your 12-year-old say that to you. It gets really annoying, especially when she's in trouble and I'm scolding her. She'll be like, all righty then. And I'm like, hmm, I want to laugh, but I can't. <laughs> that's, that's funny. I'm not going to lie. That's great. <laughs> oh, but yes. Now, back, back to LFC for a second here, because again, LFC. Woo! Lingerie championships. We talked about Susie Quinn. We talked about the overall experience. Now, one of the things I have to ask you about with your overall experience, because we talked about it's a great event. It's very lively. It's very vibrant. It's a camaraderie factor with LFC and Sturge as a whole. But for you, Miss Brooke Gilly, the Gilly cheesesteak. Yes. That was the coolest thing ever. Like, when I was told that they were going to be naming food after us, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is I love food. Please name food after me. And I went down there and I had one and it wasn't bad. And I even got a picture with it. And it was funny because all my friends that were there, I was like, okay, you have to go get a Gilly cheesesteak because it's awesome. And um, yeah, that, that was the coolest thing ever that they did for us. Um, I know Lauren, they, what, they did an animal burger for Lauren. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I can't remember the other ones. Lauren's really stood out though. Cause it was the animal burger. And it made me think of my favorite burger from in and out. I like it animal style. So <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. I was like, this is so cool. So guys, the picture of this will be in the collage when we promote this. So the, bur- the burgers were, there was the animal burger. There was the feisty dogs for Terry feisty fist London. There was the Nico Nika nachos for Nika Garcia. There was the Gilly cheesesteak, the flower bomb tacos for Monica flower bomb Garcia, the Bella cakes for Bella Inc. The Jenny bloody margarita for Jenny bloody Valentine, the stiletto, I believe what was it like the spicy lemonade or whatever it was for Stacey as for Susie Stiletto Quinn. And then the temptress foot longs for uh corn dogs for Tomiko. Like that's cool and that's great marketing. It's so cool. It was awesome. Um, you know, what a great way to not only market the fighters, you know, because I know if I went up to order a Gilly cheesesteak, I'd be like, okay, what's the difference between a Gilly cheesesteak and a Philly cheesesteak? Right. You know, and so then they get them talking about it. It was a great way for them to promote the fights and what was going on. And it was it was really cool. I've never had food named after me. I've had a shot named after me. <laughs> really? You had a shot named after you? I did not know this. Hello? Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Sorry. You cut oh. out for a second there. I did yeah, not know I got you had a, a- yeah, you, I did not know you had a shot named after you. I have to hear about this. Okay, so I used to play roller derby. Okay. And um, we would always have, like, after parties, after the games, and whatnot. Well, they're called bouts. And uh, there's this little bar in Gillette, Wyoming. It's called The Monkey. And we went there one time afterwards. And the bartender was one of the coolest chicks I've ever met in my entire life. And I, I looked at her, and I was like, I want something sweet. But kind of spicy. And to this day, I cannot tell you what's in it. But if you go into that bar, in their index Rolodex, they have what they call a Scarlet Idaria shot, which was my roller derby name. And um, definitely got a high-proof alcohol content, that's for sure, because about three of them. And I was like, okay, it's time for me to go home and take a nap. I think that's what's really that's one of the main things again because we were talking about marketing like that's the coolest thing to not just have a shot named after you have a friggin food after you I think if you look at the music standpoint like James Taylor has a friggin what is it like a highway or whatever after you because you know being from North Carolina he's one of the prominent sons I think it's very cool to have such a landmark or whatever be named after you and it just really shows the value in you you know 
Yeah, I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome that somebody finds me interesting enough to name something that they put in their mouth after. See, now that you put it down, oh. I was about to say you're going down. To <laughs> we could take that a different way, but yes, I, I totally understand what you're saying. <laughs> what can you do? Get your mind out of the gutter. Hey, man, you're the one who said having something put in your mouth after me. Don't even, you know what I'm saying? Don't I'm even. I'm just going to go back to the Nickelback thing. Yo. <laughs> Why? Why do you want to go back to the Nickelback thing? I'm not They're saying like, that's not. Play. Them. <laughs> but yo, people hate Nickel Nickelback. I don't know why. I remember my friend named Matt, right? Where as our senior year of high school, he was wearing a Nickelback t-shirt and he would get hate just for wearing the Nickelback t-shirt. I don't know why he got hate, but you know, Nickelback apparently sucks. Everybody hates Nickelback. Everybody thinks they suck. I have a couple Nickelback albums in my friggin' collection. Look at this photograph. Like, come on, man. Every time I hear it, it makes me laugh. Like, there's some classic songs there. And also Chad Kroger and Josie Scott, Saliva, Hero. I'm not going to stand here and wait. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. You okay. say everybody hates Nickelback. I'm not everybody. <laughs> right. You're taking you're excluding yourself. Everybody minus one. Yes. Brooke mm-hmm. Gilly. You? Okay. I stand so, alone again. You're like Godsmack. <laughs> you stand alone. Ah, I stand alone. Oh. Cool thing is for my entrance song, and I don't, I don't know if you knew this or not. Yes. Um, so Tyler Overtime is a, um, I guess you call him a country rap artist, and he is from Montana. And I actually got a hold of him, and I used his song for my entrance. And it was really cool because, like, I'm from Montana, and he's from Montana, and he gave me permission to use a song. So I was That's- really jacked about that. It was kind of like a bringing a bunch of Montana into the ring. I got to say that also made your entrance too, because the song is very, very, you know, up. It's very cool. It has, it really does exude and accentuate you as you, and that's the thing too, because the entrance is you're all coming out on the bikes. So it's also <laughs> a lot of fun and it's really exhilarating once you get to have that entrance part of it, you know? Oh, it was so cool. The bike that I came in on, I had a brief chat with the gentleman that was driving it. It was his bike. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the artwork on it, his wife actually did. Damn. So that was even cooler because, I mean, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. So anybody out there listening, you have to at least watch the entrance because the bike is awesome. The fight's pretty freaking great, too. So It was. And I think that's what's also great about Sturgis. And I can't wait till LOC goes back there again. It's, it's one of those things where, like, when I first heard about it, and obviously, you know, from experience, I mean, for me, you're talking about the nerdy kid that, you know, remembers WCW when friggin' Jay Leno wrestled at Sturgis friggin', you know, and he had an arm bar on Hulk Hogan, for God's sake. Like, for me, it just has the pageantry, like, everybody's going on the motorcycles, it's cool, it's very fun. And also, I have to say this, because the cutest little ring girl ever, Miss My Richards, who I've had on the show, my such a sweetheart, I think what really exemplified the overall pageantry and the love of LFC, you just see her smiling throughout that whole entire thing, and I love that, because I just had my on the show like and she's the poster model for the 2020 Sturgis which I thought was awesome yeah that's you know the poster model contest has been I've, I entered once and I made it to the finals and I got a week-long pass so I was like eh. <laughs> you know I'm good here I'm good with the finals but it's really cool because they use local girls for that so they go to all the different bars even in Wyoming they go to like Gillette um, they do Sundance They do Belfish, South Dakota, Sturgis, Rapid City, and they have tryouts. And every girl that's brave enough to get up on the stage and try out gets a free ticket to a concert of her choice at the Buffalo Chip. And I think that is just an awesome way not only to promote, like, girls that may not have a lot of self-confidence to get up there and do it, because a lot of women don't realize how awesome they are. Um, Us women and our insecurities, you know, they get the best of us at times. And... um, and then if you make it to the finals and you go to the finals, so if you win for the bar that you were at, you get a week-long pass for free. Um, it's just really cool that they're using local girls for that. Uh, you know, they do bring in the international bikini team for the on-stage Buffalo Chip girl contest. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's cool that they give local girls around there a shot to, you know, be a princess for a week and get their picture up there and get some self-confidence and go out and meet people and... You know, growing up in small towns around there, you know, a lot of those girls are ranch girls. You know, we don't have the same opportunities that you do in Chicago or Miami or New York or L.A. 
So it's cool to give girls that are interested in modeling or interested in promotional modeling or anything like that, the opportunity to kind of experience it and see what it's like and see if it's actually something that they'd want to invest in further. And I really commend the Buffalo Chip for doing that. I think it's just great that they do it. I concur. I think for me, and I think with the message of this podcast, I mean, you got to give the girls the confidence because it's true. I mean, I say work of art. I think that's just my overall respect for women, but I think women need to know that they're awesome and that they're beautiful in their own skin, you know? Absolutely. I absolutely agree with you. Thank you. And I also look at it like this too, because we saw some of the booty camp girls as well that got introduced. My goodness, that's a crop of talent that we can't wait to see some in LFC, man. (laughs) Hey, booty. Hey. (laughs) Hey, booty. (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness but yes hey booty hey but no i think that's what's great i think we get to see a lot of new prospects come in and also what i have to say what i really as i watch the um the thing on the website i watch the event yo bella inc coming off of being pregnant for three weeks and the performance that she had with lauren the animal fogo wow that is what i told her so we were talking before she went in for her fight just briefly and um, she was telling me how she just had a baby and whatnot. I was like, oh, my God, you are a warrior. Like, <laughs> holy cow, what a tough chick. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's insane. That is insane. Literally created a human, pushed a human out, and then went and fought three weeks yep. later. Like, that is the definition of a badass. Absolutely. And I think that's the testament of how far Bella Inc. goes and how she takes everything seriously. And then you have Lauren the Animal Fogel, who's just a badass in her own right. I mean, you got the Chris Jericho lights go out Fozzie theme, and then she just comes out with a primal scream. I think a lot of people, when you see that bout, you just see the toughness of both those ladies. And just, I think it really, te- it, it's really just everybody involved. Like we got to see the return of Ali Baby Doll Parks, uh, Jolene Hex, who we mentioned, Danica De La Rouge, who's new, Shay uh, Mazzato, Susie, Monica, Nilka, like everybody on that card, and I include this in yourself, did a great job. And I think a lot of LFC fans are going to be for, in for an amazing surprise, seeing a lot of just new faces and also old faces and just everybody all around giving it their damnedest and their hardest to put on a great show. Oh, I absolutely agree. I mean, if you're going to pay for an LFC fight, match up or anything like that lfc 30 is the one to buy there was so much cool stuff that we did while we were there too like me and jolene they had this trike and they had a stripper pole on the back of it so we rode around on the back of that and she this girl i did it in flip-flops because i am the most clumsy person in the entire world unless i'm fighting or riding (laughs) and uh she did it in like stilettos riding around on this platform and she was like oh my god I think I'm going to die. And I'm like, well, you're going to look hot while you're dying. That's a plus side. But we, we just met so many cool people. And we had the best time ever. And meeting all the girls was so awesome. They were almost exactly like I thought they were going to be. You know, people that work in industries where, you know, I mean, we fight in lingerie. And I can definitely see how people would look down on that or have bad things to say about it. But honestly... The people that do that tend to be the most least judgmental, happy, accepting, awesome people. And that's exactly what I found when I got there. Um, Between Sean and um, Leon and Terry and all the girls, I was just like, man, I am so stoked to be a part of this group. What a group of awesome people and awesome women. By the way, just for the record, Terry Feisty Fist London has got to be the best referee in LFC history. I know she was supposed to fight on the event, but my God, when you see Terry as the main, as the referee, woo, Terry is absolutely yeah. stunning. Terry's awesome. She went shopping with me for my fight. Um, oh. Yeah, okay. when I first got there, and it'll be coming up on YouTube, so everybody needs to watch for that. But her and I went shopping for my booty shorts, and my booty shorts in my wrestling match the ones that we found say, if I straddle it, it's mine. And it was just perfect for the fight and everything. She, dude, Terry's awesome. I love Terry. She's just great. She is probably one of the, and I've told her this myself, you're, you're probably one of the most vibrant, just so positive, bubbly, and smiley people that I know. And I love it for, for, for that because that's the thing. You, if you want to get into LFC and you want advice or you just want someone to guide you and help you, she is one of the ones definitely to go to. Definitely go to Terry. And she's great with her oh. styles. Oh man, she's so helpful. Like I literally walked in, set my bags down and she was like, we're going shopping. And I was like, I'm Brooke. Who are you? (laughs) Like, (laughs) like that's how quick it was. I literally set my bags down and we walked and we went shopping and, uh, went to the shops that were right there in the Buffalo chip. And, uh, 
I'm trying to remember. I hate that I don't remember the name of the shop that we got the booty shorts from right now off the top of my head. I think it was Biker Baits. Don't quote me on that. Um, I can definitely find out and let you know so that maybe you can put a link in there so people can go check out their stuff if they liked them. But um, absolutely, definitely. Dude, she was so awesome. We went from shop to shop to shop and we went through and she was looking at everything. She's like, I was like, oh, I look really good in white. And she's like, oh, you don't want to be white in the ring. <laughs> she's like, it'll ruin it. And I'm like, oh, good point. <laughs> so, and then, you know, we don't want anything slipping out when we're fighting. And so she was really great with helping me with, you know, doubling up on bottoms and covering the nips and all that. I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think of that. So, so uh-huh. she was um, immense help. I don't mean to laugh, but I have the mental image in my head of you just putting your stuff down, and then she just comes over, goes, "We're going shopping," and you're just like, "Hi, I'm Brooke. How are you?" And then That's you just literally shopping. how it happened. I'm not even kidding you. I'm I'm dead serious. Like I walked in, and it was we're going shopping. Like that's how it happened. <laughs> so that's that's Terry. <laughs> that's why I love Terry so much. But yeah, no, it's it's one of those things like Jolene. There's so many veterans there from Jolene, from Jenny, um, from Shay, from Monica Flowerbomb Garcia. That everybody's just so welcoming. And we had people like yourself who were new and Susie and Nilco Garcia, the La Rosa Negra, and um, um excuse me, uh, Danica De La Rouge. Like everybody that's on the freaking card was just amazing, just to reiterate that point. But I also look at it like this for you, because as someone who's doing LFC. Someone who's getting the opportunities and just doing what you do and staying on your grind, Miss Brooke Gilly. We got to talk about XFC here, man. Extreme Fighting Championships. What's up with that? The tryout? What's going on there? Oh, you don't even know how excited I am. So I got on my Facebook one day and I had a message from somebody that I'd never talked to before. And they asked if I did MMA. And me being the smart ass that I am, I wanted to comment back, nope, never fought day in my life, even though my Facebook is full of <laughs> fight pictures and training and all that. Yes. And then I was like, I clicked on his profile and I saw that he did a bunch of media stuff. And I was like, okay, so this might be like a podcast or something like that that I need to be serious about. And I was like, I dabble a little is pretty much what I told him. And uh, he asked me if I had ever thought about trying out for the XFC. And I was like, no. And he's like, you absolutely should. Here's where you go. Put this application in and tryouts are November 11th in Atlanta, Georgia. So I am going to Atlanta, Georgia, November 11th to try out for XFC 43. And I am above and beyond excited about that opportunity. Um, I, whew, I, don't, I don't even know how to put it into words. It's, it just seems like everything has just been boom, boom, boom in the last six months of my life. And I'm so grateful for all the opportunities that have been presented to me. And I cannot wait to see what happens in Atlanta on November 11th. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, and I think what's interesting about that is, too, is I believe Nick Newell, who was in Bellator, like you have a lot of alumni that have went through there. It's kind of like you look at Invicta for the women's side of things, right? Like for Shannon Knapp, you have many people that have gone to WWE, UFC. It's kind of like the old, it's like the developmental, the ground that really show yourself there. And I think that's very cool. And I mean, any MMA is just great because you get to learn different art forms and different styles. And I think mm-hmm. you've encompassed that with your LFC. So, I mean, you take what you do with LFC, you take that in XFC, and you just combine that together. And personally, I hope everything goes well for you at that tryout oh thank you so much i'm definitely gonna work on my cardio more because i do know that with my fight with Susie, i found myself like super winded and i don't know if it was just the heat or the lack of cardio training but i'm definitely gonna up my cardio training um for my next fight and before november 11th so that's really what i'm hitting at right now is working on my endurance and my cardio and hopefully things go well when i go to atlanta we'll see how it goes if it doesn't it's cool i can always try out for the next one get a little bit more training under my belt and see how that goes um yeah i'm just i'm just super super jacked about it i was like shocked when he was like i'm the chief marketing executive for xfc and you should come try out and i was like oh my goodness (laughs) that just happened (laughs) That's also what I got to commend you on, too, because first and foremost, all you ladies for fighting in that heat, because it was very, very hot. And I could tell from watching the event. But also, I got to say this about you, because leading up to your bout with Susie, we would also see the social media of you just absolutely looking great. Like you could tell like your fitness and everything like you were you were hauling ass and grinding for this fight. And that's what I love seeing about you on the social media front. Well, thank you. I honestly, like, not going to lie, when I got there, I kind of felt like the fat kid of the group. (laughs) I definitely (laughs) did my fair share of Netflix and chill for COVID. Um, But 
I'm working on that. So next time I will walk in with abs of steel, just like everybody else. But I was like, I was like, man, these girls are in the gym like every day. I'm in the gym like, eh. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, I, I can't help there. it. I have I... a food problem and a movie problem. <laughs> I was about to say that sums it up right there. I've been in the gym for, man, <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> hey, we all have the same problem. I mean, just have that. Right? I, don't get me wrong. Like I'm a really physically, I don't even know how to put this. I like outdoor stuff and I like to go hiking and I like to go for walks and I like to go jogging. Being in the gym is not something that I've ever been a fan of unless nobody else is in the gym with me. Um, I have a social problem. And so like, it's one of those things where like someone says hi to me when I walk into the gym and I'm like, hi, how's it going? Who's your mom? Who's your dad? <laughs> like, <laughs> so yeah, I need like my own space so that I can work out and be like in the zone and focus. Otherwise I'm like, yeah, I'll talk to you for 20 minutes <laughs> just because you said hi. You're kind of like Woody Harrelson and white men can't jump. I'm in the fucking zone. That's you. That's you. <laughs> right. <laughs> Once I get in the zone, though, I'm like, okay, I got this. <laughs> I could definitely see that. And it's one of those things where I also look at it like this. Like, that's how you have to be because you take it serious. And that's why I love a lot of the newcomers like yourself who come in because I love people that take this seriously. And it was mentioned many a times in the broadcast that a lot of people will see. Like, look, it's not just about looking good and, you know, having fun. Like, there's some serious shit that goes on. You'll see some serious shit with the blood that happens in your bout, not to spoil it, but you all, see, you all see it. And also just the combative nature of every one of the fights. It's very physical, and everybody absolutely killed it. And I always say this about Tomiko, just to bring up Tomiko for a second. Tomiko the Temptress Tajima's in her early 50s, and she looks absolutely amazing. So everybody will when enjoy the fight. Yeah, when I found out she was that old, I was like, no way. There's no way. There's no way. Like, it just, she is, like, not human. Not mm-hmm. human at all. I hope I look that good when I'm 50. I really do. Like, that girl is banging. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm sure you will if you keep, you know, yourself intact and just keep doing what you do. You're going to be fine, Brooke. You're going to be fine. You're going to be good. Emphasis on the good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Netflix well, and chill. We'll see, Netflix we'll see and chill. what happens in 20 years. <laughs> about to say, you're just going to keep on the next Netflix and chill grind? Oh, let me have some food. You know what I'm saying? Hey, just put movies and food. <laughs> I'll be all about that uh, pop culture podcast here shortly. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> no, but on a serious note, like um, I've started with the keto diet and I've got a lot of really big things happening. I have an awesome trainer. I don't want to say his name just yet. Um, in Vegas, that I'm going to be working with and signing a contract with here in the next couple of weeks, depending on how long it takes for me to get settled and all that. Um, you know, I'm I'm really serious about the LFCA and fighting in general. Um, I just moved <laughs> like 600 miles, so um, I can be closer to everything and the events and trainers and better training opportunities and. I'm just really, really looking forward to doing more with the LLC and seeing how I can help promote you guys and looking forward to my next fight and all the other events that you guys have. I'm just, I'm just so happy to be a part of your guys' crew. You guys are an awesome group of people. Well, thank you, as are you, and the dedication shows with your work and your overall ethic, you know what I'm saying? And I also look at it like this, and I'm going to ask you because there's a lot of great fighters, and I know that you want to go against a lot of people, but who do you have your eyes on after seeing what you did at LFC 30 and watching every bout and studying every opponent after your own bout? Now i got to ask you, who are you looking forward to possibly going against next? Man, I knew you were going to ask me this. I thought about this earlier, and I was (laughs) like, you know, honestly, any of them I'd be happy with. Um, but I think a fight with Jolene would be awesome. I, um, I look at her right now as the best of the best in the LFC. And if you don't set your eyes on the best of the best, then are you really setting your heights up as hard, hard and high as you can go? You know, like Jolene's, oh, she's intimidating, but she's like super nice and she's super outgoing. And I just feel that she would definitely be one that would put what I'm learning and what I'm striving for to the ultimate test at this point. 
and I will say this about since you did talk about the stripper pole, which I did see, and my God, woman, and I'm talking about Jolene, you and your flip flops, her, <laughs> her freaking, <laughs> my God, that photo will be in the promotion because you see Brooke just looking all cool with her flops. It's just freaking, <laughs> it's the whole nine. I love that. But I, yeah, can, I grew up a tomboy. Like, I've always been a tomboy. I'm like, I can rock heels when I need to with the best of them, but flops. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just a tomboy. <laughs> it kind of reminded me of the old Bill Bellamy sketch where he was talking about at the airport and this guy wouldn't, you know, just kept going through the friggin' security and he wouldn't take off his flops. And then what he did was the guy jumped out at the security and he friggin' his flops come off. He jumps out of his flops and he tells the guy, pick him up your fucking self. That's what, what? it reminded me of. <laughs> we, should see, we should see if Sean will let me fight my flip flops next time. So if I win, I can be like, pick those flip flops up. <laughs> pick them up, your fucking self. First I did definitely learn that I need to work on like a choreographed entrance because I did my entrance and I was like, yeah, I'm here. I'm I ready that. to fight for a Buffalo chip. Like, let's do this. And then, like, Lauren comes in and does her entrance and like shaded her entrance. And I was like, oh, that's what I was supposed to do. So I'm going to work on that. The next entrance that I have, you guys are going to be blown away. <laughs> you, want to, you want to know what that entrance was that you did since you brought it up? And I'm going to say it and be completely honest with you. You know what that entrance was? <laughs> that was the happy to be there entrance. That was that was just exactly. I'm, hey guys, it's, that was the happy to be there entrance. I was like, I'm here. <laughs> I'm stoked about it. I was so nervous. Oh my gosh, I was so nervous. So like I saw Susie come up the stairs and I was like, oh my God, that girl's ripped. Like, this is going to be bad. And then, yeah, you know, it wasn't so bad. So now that the nerves are out of the way and I've gotten that taken care of and I have seen everybody else's entrances and whatnot, definitely going to be bomb next time I do it. All righty. Well, I cannot wait to see what you do, Miss the Bomb, next next uh, fight. You are the bomb. You're doing the damn thing. They're actually the bomb diggity. I'm going to add on to that, the bomb diggity. So, Miss Brooke Gilly, before we close this out, and I'm going to say this right now, I look forward to round three with you on this podcast. It's always a joy. It's always a pleasure. It's always a privilege to have you on the show. So, first and foremost, thank you. Well, thank you, and thank you for being such an awesome person to talk to. I don't huh? think I've talked this long. Since the last time I talked with you. <laughs> nah, well, I mean, we're both nerds. So, I mean, our pop culture <laughs> stuff comes out, mine a little bit more, and then you are just like, what? And then we, you do more research on pop culture. Because the last time, I remember I sent you the five thing, the five video, when you didn't realize, like, the UK yeah. version and the guy's face. Oh. Oh, man. Man. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, that was uh, not a five. That was about a three. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, when the lights go out. Anyway, please please promote the Facebook, the Twitter, the Instagram. Brooke Gilly, let them know where you can find them. The floor is yours. Uh, so the best spot to find me is just Brooke Gilly on Facebook. And when you click on my profile, I've got the links to my TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, all that fun stuff on there. So that's probably your best bet. All right. Links will be in the description below this audio. You can check out this show on LandreFC.com, Sackle.com slash LFC, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, YouTube, WrestlingWithWrestling.com, LandreFC, YouTube, uh, pretty much wherever you get your audio podcasting platforms, iHeartRadio, Anchor. There, man, there's so many goddamn podcast platforms out of there. Well, just wherever you get it, type in LandreFC.com. They're there because, yes, it'll be there. Just thank you guys, as always, for listening to this podcast and supporting the women of LFC Laundry Fighting Championships. And, uh, Brooke Gilly, do you have any final words to the people? Oh, I absolutely do. I've always got final words. I just want to thank everybody that's been in my corner and supported me through the dreams that I'm wanting to achieve. And I want to give a huge shout-out to our veterans. Um, the pictures that I did for the Sturgis Buffalo chip for the fights were actually a memorial flag in the background from a dear friend of mine who lost his spotter, who was a sniper, and um, that was his burial flag. So I am a huge supporter of our veterans, and thank you so much to the men and women that risked their lives to protect our country. Beautifully said, and those photos will be in the collage as well, by the way. Also very nice photos, beautifully. Those came out very immaculate, very nice. Thank you. They were done with a cell phone. <laughs> oh, it was good and it was a representation of america man so yes and thank you for all the people that fight and serve for us we appreciate you so brooke gilly it's always a pleasure it's always a privilege and thank you so much for your time i look forward to doing this again absolutely thank you michael